this morning. Uh, I've enjoyed the worship. I hope you have. Uh, I certainly enjoyed the cardboard testimony. Uh, I couldn't, I never got a run through with it. I didn't understand quite what was going on, but I trusted my daughter-in-law and uh, what she had told me, and I'm glad that I did. It was powerful. Uh, it was powerful. I hope you felt the same way. It's all about Jesus this morning. It's not about me. It's not about you in the sense that, that Jesus is the focus of our thought this morning. And, and we're so blessed to be able to come together and to praise his name. Uh, I'm glad that, not too much, a little bit more light, please. Uh, I'm going to use my notes this morning to see that. A little more. That's fine. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to have my granddaughter from Monterey and her husband with me this morning and and uh, I'm glad to have all you visitors that are with us this morning don't let this be uh, your last time make this be your first time to be a part of the family here at Woodland Family Worship Center we're so glad you're here I'm glad this morning that that God saved me one day and, and allowed me to live to the age I am and, and be fairly healthy see God is I was talking to someone this morning and and talking about uh, ailments and sickness, and I told someone that no matter what the doctor says, there's always people that are going to help you as much as they can, but when the doctor goes as far as he can, you need to go on and trust God. Just go on and trust God all the way through it. Go beyond what the doctor told you because it's not over till God says it's over. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, if you, go, if you go to a motel and make reservations at a motel, you can't get in until your room's ready. You have to stay outside. Well, you're not going to get to go home until God's got your room ready. So you might as well just enjoy being here and being in the presence of the Lord. God will take care of everything. Now, I want to I try to speak to you a few minutes if I can. I could go home right now and feel good about the service. Uh, it was, it's been great thus far. The message has already been shared with you, and, and I hope I can add a little bit to it. It's all about good news, first of all, Easter is. I like holidays. Uh, I, I guess my favorite holiday for a secular world, for the flesh, is Thanksgiving. I remember it as a child. Uh, that used to be the big day with us because uh, we grew up uh, uh, on the south side of the track, some folks would call it. Uh, we had not very much as far as material things. My dad was a commercial fisherman and all of his family, and on Thanksgiving we would go to Arkansas where they were and they'd catch the fish. That was our biggest food during that time, and uh, since they were fishermen, we come from a fishing family, my, I did, and uh, they would catch all these catfish and bring them out, and some of the brothers would clean them and some would be deep fry them, and the ladies would be spreading the table, and what they used for a table, they would take a flat-bottom boat and pull it up on the bank and turn it bottom side uppers and put cloths over it and it would be as a kid I thought it was food to infinity and all the ladies would bring all these fine desserts and, and I've always liked desserts maybe I got it from that day because I could have all the dessert I wanted and so I tell people today brother white eat dessert first because life's uncertain uh, uh, you know and so uh, I think that's what we should do about as far as the spiritual world we should uh, Feast on the good things and worry about the other things last. Because we have today promised we don't even have tomorrow. We're gathered here today in this place uh, in the presence of God and each other. And 
and we have today. And so today we really ought to put everything we've got into being who we claim to be today. And so I, I just want to share the good news a little bit. I don't have any sad things to say. Uh, this is, uh, uh, we call it Easter, but actually it's Resurrection Sunday. Somebody do something to that cross. It's driving me crazy. Uh, I th it looks like it's laying down to me. Is it me or is it the cross? Uh, stand it up. Put the bottom on the bottom. Uh, thank you. That's better even yet. So uh, I'm glad that God one day saw fit to send Jesus into the world as a sacrifice for you and me. Because uh, uh, if he hadn't, we'd be lost today. There's a lot of people that are hung up on Jesus dying, and I'm glad he died. He died for you and I, but he had to go a step further in order to be different from other people. A lot of people have died. That's part of our living, but Christ was different. He died, but on the third day, he rose again. That's just not a fairy tale. That's, that's news from one side of the book to the other side of the book. And if you don't believe that, you might well take your Bible and throw it in the garbage can and go on and live your life like you've lived it because that's all you're going to have uh, out of this is what you have now. You see, because uh, uh, he was in the beginning and he was, he was being, he's in the end. He'll never cease to be. Uh, and he died for you and I. So when we think about Easter, as the world calls it, we as Christians, we in the church think about it as Resurrection Sunday. If he hadn't have resurrected on the third day, there would be nobody in the house today. It's because he lives that we can live and enjoy salvation. We're no match for the enemy on our own. We must lean on him. The Christian faith, if it wasn't for a resurrection, the Christian faith would be just a plain waste of time. It'd be like joining any country club, any place in the country, you know, taking your golf clubs and going out and golfing and going home and doing it all over again next week. When the day is over, that would be the end of it. But because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the third day, that finished what God had planned in his mind when he said, He's, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. You can't bypass Jesus Christ and have Christianity in your life. You have to come through Jesus. The Bible said he is the only way. He's the truth and he's the light and he's the way. So you can belong to any, any organization you want to that's a religious organization all of those have something uh, to hang on to, but we, uh, we hang on to faith that Jesus Christ did what he said he was going to do. He died, and he rose on the third day. He didn't even have a tomb. He hadn't planned to, to just stay here. Then when he was put in the tomb, the entrance was covered with a large stone. They thought that they had him there. The devil thought he had finally put him in a corner where he could never get out. He could never be a threat anymore. They put guards outside the big stone that was rolled in front of the tomb. Now, some of you might think that it was sealed to keep him there. Some of you might think that it was sealed so as we'd never know the difference but the fact is that the stone was put in the front of him to seal him in. 
it couldn't hold him in. But the next morning, Sunday morning, uh, the stone was rolled away so as we could look in, whoever was there could look in and see that he was gone. Had it not been, it would have been like other religions, that there would all been ways been controversy of what he did or did not raise. But down through the ages, the stone is still rolled away, and the, the tomb is still there, and pilgrims have looked in and seen that Jesus is not there anymore. We need to realize that, that he rose, not only for that time, but for all the ages to come until the Lord calls us home. Uh, then the Bible goes on, it tells us this, that Mary Magdalene was the first one, the one that he cast seven devils out of came by, and she was the first one to come to the tomb and find out uh, that he wasn't there. We find that there was a great earthquake that happened as the angel come from heaven, uh, and he came there uh, into the place and rolled a stone back. The Bible says in Matthew 28 and 3, and his countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were so fearful they shook when they saw him, and they were like dead men. They couldn't move. The angel spoke to the woman and says, Who are you looking for, Jesus? He's not here. Not just somebody, but recorded that she told that. And she went and told people. And on her way, she saw Jesus. But she went and told people, but they didn't believe her that he had risen. Sometimes our faith, uh, we have faith in God, but we don't have faith that he can do what he says he'll do. There's been times in my life I've looked back and I've had doubt in my life. And it's easy if you don't stay focused on the Lord to drift off to the place to where that you don't have the faith that you need to, to meet the things in your life because you need to have faith in Jesus for it to come together. The angel told her, said, don't be afraid. He's not here. And then he said, come and see. He said, he's risen from the dead. He's not bound anymore. If you're here this morning and you have a faith in, in God with an empty cross and that's where your faith stops, walking shallow of what you could have in the Lord because you have to go past just an empty tomb, a cross and an empty tomb. You have to realize that he rose from the dead. He's not dead. He's alive. And he's alive to meet the needs of his people. But we have to put our faith in him and trust him that he will do that. And sometimes it, it doesn't happen just like that. We live in a society today that we got microwaves and we have a smart telephones. It's much smarter than a lot of us are, including me. Uh, but we, we are in that groove today with the society that we live in. And, and it seems like sometimes we want it yesterday. And God doesn't work on your time clock or my time clock. Time means nothing to him. He sees the whole picture. He sees what you need and what you want, and he knows the difference. He's well able to take care of our needs and, and our wants, but he's not going to give us what we're not able to handle. As I look back in my life, I found times that I've asked God and I've cried to God, I've begged God for things in my life, and I didn't understand why that I wouldn't get an answer to my prayer because, God, I'm a Christian. I serve you. But... I, as I cried out and cried out, nothing happened. I, I realized later on in life that God wasn't going to give me what was going to hurt me. A good illustration is many of you that have lived in poverty in your life, poverty in your life, would say, Lord, give me a million dollars. I could do so much with it. But if you can't be faithful with, with God's house and, and sporting God's house now with the little bit you got, do you think you would be faithful enough? to take and tithe 
out of a million dollars? I think not. If I can't tithe from the 30 that I get, how am I going to be faithful enough to tithe with a million? Praise God. He's not in the tomb anymore. He's resurrected. And because he's resurrected, we have good news that we can spread all around the country. Somebody says, what I'm not a preacher. Somebody says, I'm not a Sunday school teacher. Somebody says, I can't play any kind of music, and my voice cracks at every note. What can I do? Well, you can tell people what changed your life. I mean, tell people why you're happy today instead of being mad today. You can tell people why you have hope today rather than that you're in despair and you don't feel like anything's going to be all right. We have to put our trust in Jesus and spread the good news and let people know because he lives, I live, and because he lives, I can live like he wants me to live because he's going to give me all I need to live like I need to live. He's going to help me to have faith. What is your purpose for all of this? Because I believe he's coming back just like he said he would. I believe if he rose from the grave and he descended to the Father and the Scripture says he did, he said in one place, don't touch me for I've not yet ascended to the Father. And then we see in the Scripture again where he comes back and, and he, uh, uh, his body is not like it used to be. He looks the same. And Scripture said he eat, he talked, he walked. Scripture bears out he walked with some down the road uh, and talked with them, and, but he concealed who he really was from them. They didn't understand who he was. And then he revealed to them himself, and they were excited, and they couldn't wait to go tell the rest of the disciples that they had walked with him and they had talked with him, and he had risen. He looked the same. His countenance hadn't changed, but there was one great difference with his resurrected body. He could walk up to a wall or a door locked in. He could just peer through on the other side. He didn't have to open the door. He could go right through the wall. He wasn't limited to, to our uh, space that we have today. We are only limited to certain things in the mortal body, but with Jesus' resurrected body, he was able to do things beyond our imagination. The Bible teaches us that he's well able to do whatever we have need of. I don't know about you, but the Lord had to reach a way down to get me. I had a lot of guilt, a lot of angry, a lot of frustration. Sometimes I thought I was the best in my field in knowing what I was talking about. But as I've gotten older and looked back at what Jesus done for me, I realized I didn't know anything. The greatest thing out of life as far as my learning has been that I've come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Not that I managed to finish high school or not that I accomplished anything in this life. Uh, I have a great family. God's been good to me. But the greatest thing that I've accomplished in this life is knowing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He's alive. He's well able to meet every need that you have this morning. But you have to be willing to trust him. You have to be willing to put it in his hands. You have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and let him lead you and guide you and direct you in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that, that he has ascended to be with the Father and he's sitting on the right hand of the Father making an intercession for you and I. And he told the disciples before he left, he said, if I leave, I'm going, when I leave, I'm going to send the comforter and he will lead you and guide you and direct you unto all truth. And he told them to go back to Jerusalem and, and, and tarry and wait upon them until they were endued with power. They went there. 
been recorded that it was eight or nine days, what I've read. Well, I want, I want to just put you to a place right here in just a moment, if you'll let me. I want to take you someplace. They were told to wait until they endued with power. God says for us to wait. Wait. We wait on him when we pray and we trust him to move and we believe. In order to do that, we've got to believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of them that trust him and wait upon him. In this, in, in this time of the, when they were in the upper room praying, I can imagine that when it finished up, everybody wasn't there. Some decided along about three or four days down through the round, I'm sure that, well, I, I forgot I haven't fed the pigs at home. And so they got up and they left maybe and went home. A few days later, maybe somebody else figured, well, I've got some, something I need to do and, and, and I've tarried this long and nothing's happened, so I'm going to go do that. And they left and went on. Well, when it finally come to the time that the power fell, those that stayed and waited on the Lord were filled. The Bible said the house was filled. Why was it filled? It was filled because they obeyed. And they had a determination, to, not on a time limit, but on what God said to do. They was going to do it. And if we get to where we need to be in God today, if we get to where we're blessed like he wants to bless us today, we need to get to a place where nothing matters like serving God. If we'll put our trust in him, not in an empty cross, or just not in his birth, but in the fulfillment of what he came for, to be born, to die, and to be raised. He became the supreme sacrifice for all mankind. He did it one time for everybody all the time. If we'll put our trust in him and believe that he knows what's good for us and believe that when I speak to him, he hears my prayer. And if we'll just lean on him and trust him and live to the best of our ability for him, he will bring an answer that you can live with. It may not be what you want, because sometimes, so many times, when we're walking far from God, uh, uh, not close as we should, we pray a prayer that's not in God's will and, and not like God would want us to have it. And so God waits, waits until maybe we get to a place that we're ready for that. God's a good God. He gave us his son, Jesus. Somebody asked me this week, said, are you Pentecost? I said, through and through. They was looking for a church. What kind of music do you play? I said, we play upbeat, contemporary music, and we get excited. Sometimes we get noisy. Do you believe uh, uh, in there being more than just God? I said, I sure do. I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. They clapped their hands on it like you're doing. I don't know if they made it to church today or not, but they planned on it. I want you to know I'm like Paul. I'm not ashamed of my salvation. God gave a grievous price for my salvation. He gave his son for you and me uh, uh, as a sacrifice. He left heaven and came to earth, born as a baby, walked without power like he had in heaven. And he didn't think it was anything bad about uh, uh, where he was. He was humble and meek, and, and he could have called down angels, but he chose to do what he did because of the love he had for you and I. You might think nobody loves you, but God loves you. He loves you so much that he was willing to give his son to die and live for you. And Jesus loved us so much that he 
became that sacrifice for you and me. I want you to know this morning that God is a good God and he won't withhold any good thing from you. I pray that today that you will be blessed through the day that God will refresh your spirit and you rejoice in him today. Let him be the Lord of your life. Stand with me all over this place, will you? There's not enough time in a day to tell you all the good things about my God and my Lord Jesus. I can't tell you about how he's had mercy on me, not in this day. But I can tell you this. You never had a friend that'll stick with you like Jesus. You never had a friend that'll ever compare like Jesus. If you let him have your life, he'll give you victory over all the hang-ups and all the trials and all the troubles and all the hardships that you've gone through. The devil may tell you that you're a nobody, that you'll never amount to anything, that nobody cares, but he's a liar. Why should you trust him? The Bible said he's not only a liar, but he's a father of lies. I come to you to tell you this morning the good news. Jesus is alive, and he's alive and well, and he wants to bless you. Will you let him?